everybody, welcome to episode 11.5, I guess. This isn't technically a review. Uh, we are D&D-less this week, so uh, Kat and I got together this week with our resident rogue, Finger Wiggle. Uh, it's his second time back on the podcast. Kat, how are you doing? Doing great, how are you? Awesome. Finger Wiggle? I'm doing all right. Oh, man. So uh, thanks for coming back on. I'm glad you enjoyed your first experience well enough to do it again. <laughs> yeah, it's a good time. <laughs> so uh, so what have uh, you guys been up to this week? Uh, Kat and I didn't have either of our 5th edition games this week. It's a little bit of withdrawal. Yeah. yeah it's... Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I haven't been doing much. Um, I saw a lot of um talk about the new cyberpunk edge runners on netflix so i checked that out today it's all right it's not my favorite but it was a good time waster how about you uh i mean i've mostly been getting into uh classes and stuff getting all settled in uh this semester of schooling uh doing some some up course upgrading so that i can take a uh, pharmacy technician course next fall. Oh, nice. Um, I have a couple of people in my family that are pharmacy techs. Uh, you don't want one of those jobs around here though. <laughs> so, uh, evidently, uh, if you live in the middle of a cornfield, they're not well paid, but, um, I've actually been, um, listening and watching a couple of cats recommendations, uh, this past week. So I'm listening to the uh, book three, THR3E, and uh, also watching Angel Beats. So uh, we have a we have a monthly book club and anime club review, and so um, it's Cat's turn to pick both, and I've been watching those. Um, you're going to be much more happy with my Angel Beats. Um, my angel beats review than you are my three review. <laughs> yeah. After what you said in the other discord, uh, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't a good start for three. You know what? The story hasn't been terrible. Um, it's a little slow, but the, the narrator's just killing it for me. Just killing yeah. it. So, uh, but yeah, uh, otherwise, um, uh, I've, I've seen two of my prerequisite three episodes of angel beats and I'm, uh, still six hours away from being done with three. So, uh, that's what I'm up to, but what are we going to talk about, uh, for our, uh, fifth edition game today? It's all free flow. So, um, do we just want to kick off with a couple questions about, uh, characters or do we want to talk about what we're doing right now? What do you think? Um, uh, uh, Winifred, um, I'm just going to call you Winifred. It's <laughs> yeah, much <fine>. easier. Um, <laughs> uh, what, um, what, what do you think, uh, about our current situation? Um, I mean, I'm enjoying the intrigue for sure. Um, my character is definitely thriving in it. I will say, um, I don't have a lot myself 
by way of, I guess, predictions for what's going on, other than there definitely appears to be some sort of cult activity that we are dealing with here. Um, and they definitely want to start something or are after something in Zendrick. Um, I'm not sure how directly related they are to the the whole giant plot line, but I suspect it is at the very least peripherally <laughs> related. Um, so let me ask you guys I mean, a question knows, about maybe that. Maybe they had something to do with the uh, Queen's death. Yeah, that's that's kind of where what I was um, thinking. But I wanted to ask you guys a, a quick question: How big of a blow do you think that this cult was dealt by us taking out Sister Foam in the last session? Do you think she I was pivotal? Doubt. I doubt it was a pivotal loss. No. Um, I think Huber is likely more of a linchpin there. I think we've done just enough to get on their radar now. Yeah, I uh, I agree. I think we should probably be watching our backs. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know if Sister Foam was pivotal or not. I'm certainly, um, if anything, we've made a dent. Um, how big of a dent that is is remains to be seen but we certainly um are making a name for ourselves in both good and bad senses well the only the only way that I, i'm obviously i think uber is the um the greater of the the two but evidently this sister foam was tasked with recruiting or getting these seagoing vessels under her thumb and we kind of foiled that. Hmm. So I didn't know how big of a plot point it was that those ships were going to be involved. Um, yeah, I still don't know. Just didn't know what you guys thought about it. I mean, I feel like if we'd have left that that little side quest lie, I guess, then it would probably become a pretty big deal. Um but I think we've like we we kind of got in there and foiled it quickly enough, and Sister Foam didn't escape. I guess is the uh, the bigger takeaway there, because um, like I, I'd say Sister Foam is likely, I don't know, like kind of a mid boss. I'd say not in terms of like a like video game like boss hierarchy, but like. Um, like criminal organization kind of thing. Like definitely had like has to have had some sway in the organization. Spellcasters like that usually do. And I mean, like you said, was put in charge of recruiting some smugglers. So yeah. To what end though? I, that's, that's where I'm. Yeah, that's it. I, I run out of, um, you know, my, Maybe they're my crystal assembling a fleet. Yeah. Could I mean they had what four ships? I think it was three or four there. Yeah, yeah. So that they were trying to recruit from. Any ideas out of you, Cat? No, I much like Tabane, my IQ is ten, so I don't know what's going on. <laughs> uh, right, I'm just kind of in the moment. <laughs> You're here for the ride. So, yeah. so I have a a, a speculative question. Um, this. 
So we've we've found at certain points of the game that we can't dally. We can't take our, our time to get on things because Teddy had us, has us on a clock, which makes perfect sense. Uh, it's actually exciting that way for me. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, however, after going through all of this and then doubling back and doing the tortured turtle mission, do you think that had we done this prior to the lighthouse that we would have been punished for it? In, in other words, the, um, absolutely. You think so um, they, that they we, would have already been a vampire if we, if we with, stopped and did that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think the lieutenant would have been a vampire by the time we arrived. So I didn't know, and the reason that the reason that I even speculated on this was because it almost seemed like in the moment that he wanted us to go to the ship first. You know, when we rescued the three people in the boat. Yeah, and so I was just wondering if. Uh, that was going to be a, kind of a stop clock for us if we did that side quest, making the rest of the quest mm-hmm. more difficult because we would have expended spells and you know whatnot trying to retake the ship, but that there wouldn't have been other negative consequences other than us burning through our spell slots. I mean, the ship was definitely not an easy encounter, and we did level up between. Correct, yeah. It would have been rough for us. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I suspect the balance would have changed a little bit. Um, Whichever one we did first, because the tower was, like, would have been pretty easy, I think, for us being leveled up for it oh i see so you um you think that but i i still think that we likely would not have arrived in time to save the lieutenant right and we even got there with the skin of our teeth like it was a an athletics role just to get out of the cage we were in yeah yeah (laughs) if that didn't happen she still would have became a vampire because we would have been stuck in the cage but thankfully you know Big strong muscles, Tabernay, with the help of Keelan, um, you know we got us, we got out of there just to not <laughs> roll the twenty down. and busted the door yeah. open. Yeah. So um, having having DM'd a ton, um, the uh, there's there's timers like overall timers for quests, but there's also mm-hmm. spot timers, and I wondered yep. if that wasn't a spot timer for us. So. When we all ended up in the cage, had we sat there and done nothing to get out, I think that absolutely they would have been turned into a the lieutenant would have turned into a vampire. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know if that was on a um, you know a clock for now. If we would have stopped during the quest and taken a long rest somewhere, yeah, I would have I would have said okay, probably already a vampire. But if we yep. had done this side quest and then come straight there, I the way that the way that I read it, and I, and I would like for Teddy to come on and and clarify this. Um, the way I read it was, this was a spot timer for the encounter. So as soon as we were in the cage, that timer started. Had we made no other 
you know, delay, unnecessary delays. Uh, I, because I kind of thought the ship was part of this quest. And I also think that maybe the, uh, encounter levels changed a little, I, I guess maybe put it a different way. I don't think had we taken the ship first, we would have been level four when we hit the tower. Cause I think the tower was a more, um, intense test of our abilities. Um, but the, but at the same time, um, I don't know if the encounters in the tower would have been quite as deadly if they were, if we had done the torture turtle first. So, uh, I, I'll be, I'd be interested to, to get Teddy's take on that and, and see kind of what he was thinking. But, um, so we are level four. Um, let's talk about that for a minute. Um, <laughs> Winifred, is, is this not the third time in a row you've rolled a one for HP? Yeah. Uh, every time I have rolled HP, it's been a one. Mm-hmm. That is brutal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's um, great. That's why, that's why I said it before I rolled. It's like, here we go. Third one in a row. And then <sighs> boom, got it. Easy. So, and, uh, Kat and I were talking about this last podcast, but so everybody got max HP first level and then, and you, and now you've rolled three consecutive ones, but the, for your level three, Teddy was just like, I can't bear to see you roll another one and you rerolled. So I started with eight HP, right? Then we hit level two and I rolled a one and had nine HP. And then at level three, when we leveled up, I rolled a one again. And yeah, uh, he was like, you just roll, roll it one more time because I do not <laughs> want you to just disintegrate. Oh man. <laughs> and, uh, so I rerolled that and it came out an eight and, uh, not wanting, like, I don't want to make a habit of that. So, uh, when, when we hit level four there, I, you know, I, I jokingly said, here comes the the third one, and uh, it happened. And then uh, Jeff was nice enough to let me cash just, in an inspiration. Yeah, just cash in my inspiration. And, you know, as as you mentioned in the review there, yeah, I took the I just took the average. I'm just going to take the average from now on. My character does not have a constitution bonus. Oh. Um, I just need as many hit points as I can guarantee getting so i'm, I'm just gonna take average uh, average uh, isn't fun or exciting like rolling but it's consistent yep <laughs> i need a five hp a time the thing like the smaller your hp dice the less advantageous it is to to gamble on that anyway so yeah yeah that's true I've, like there's there's only three numbers higher <laughs> than the average for uh for my d8 so and and technically you're getting you're actually getting slightly above average. I mean, uh, yep. With yep. so because it should be four and a half. Up. So yeah, uh, that's always that's always good. So um, that's why I'm I'm usually willing to bet on the average instead. Mm-hmm. Um, I, although I will say that some of my favorite characters have come in on both extremes of that. Rolling for hit points in second edition, I had a dwarven fighter named Lucas. Uh, rolled 10 sided dice for HP and had a constitution bonus of five because he had a 19 constitution. And yep. 
Second level, he had 25 hit points. Fourth level, he had 50. And I also played a magic user named Wendallion, which is where my uh, tag uh, Discord tag comes from. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had no constitution bonus. And I think by level five, he had seven or eight hit points. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. it was brutal. <laughs> but they were both fun characters. The good old D4 hit points. Yeah, loved that. So, um, <laughs> but, okay, so um, what's next? Cat? Um. Let's uh, let's go with the uh, icy fireside chat. Um, recently, you have been uh, you as in Winifred has been gathering everyone to tell us your findings of whatever that may be. So, um, what's uh, give us a little sneak peek of what's to come? Because I'm sure uh, next session or maybe in the fireside chat uh, now you'll be telling us why you're gathering us all together yeah so um winifred uh being an inquisitive and whatnot has been you know doing some investigation um while they're not spending time at uh spare parts right um and uh i've had gorko assisting me with that recently while we were out on these adventures and gorko um has returned and had a bit of news in um, a little RP session that I had with uh, Jeff at, after last game there. So I have I have some news on on at least one of the things that the the party's been um, or the party wanted to investigate. So uh, I want to discuss that, and that'll be what was his name? Harshnag. I have news on Harshnag and how to find him. Um. And then I was also looking into a guy, the watch, the storm watch wanted like once like on their bounty board. He's a, he's a guy that they, they want dealt with, um, a newer amateur assassin call or goes by the weasel. And, uh, I want I guess I have a little bit of news there, but that's, that's less of a, a big deal for the party, I suppose. Um, yeah, so I, I, just, I got some some news that could be of use to our our, I guess, plotline following in game. Um, beyond that, I mean, I'm also just gathering everybody together for dinner. <laughs> That's so, the most important part. <laughs> yeah, the most important part is that we, you know, get together and have a chat and spend time until next game doing RP. You're uh, you're very good about getting that ball rolling <laughs> uh, after after sessions, especially if there's going to be a pause between sessions. Um, yeah, it's uh it helps me get through my week. <laughs> I understand that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um Okay. Um Winifred, why don't you forward a topic um i mean i'd kind of like to round back a little bit to our level ups i guess sure so i mean my first question for you to or i give uh, for tabane specifically uh, our cat um why warlock 
more yeah. more from an in character standpoint. I mean, the out of character one too. Uh, um, I want to show that, but like, we'll do out of character first because okay. um, that's easier to explain. Is um, <laughs> out of character. I wanted more spells because I divine smite <laughs> a lot, and I wanted more spells to divine smite with. Um, so the two choices for me were uh, bard because that would double the amount of first level spell slots I had um, at third level bard or um, a warlock. Um, the warlock doesn't get me as many spell slots, but the neat thing with the warlock is at certain levels, everything you cast is either like second level or third level. So once I hit third level warlock, everything I cast will be at second level. So I don't get as many spell slots, but I am upcasting, so there is benefits to that as well. I mean, as a side note, you do get the uh, the spell slots back on a short rest now too, right? That's yes. huge, and that, that is was probably the nail in the coffin for why a warlock is because, like most spellcasters, I don't I'm pretty naive on spellcasting, but I think you get all your spell slots back on a long rest for sure. But with a warlock, as you said, a short rest, I would get them all back. And that just means more divine smites to just roll them out. <laughs> and so yeah, that, absolutely. That's, that was, for me, was the nail in the coffin. So, and um, I, th- I think that you're, you're actually missing the mark when you're saying more spells. Because I think with that ability to take them on a short rest, you're actually going to be able to smite yeah. more than if you took the bard and had the extra slots. Yeah, um, it makes you a lot more like a fighter where you just, like, you, fighters want to blow all of their stuff every time they they get into a fight because all they need is a, you know, a little power nap and they're good to go again. It makes you more like that where you just, okay, I'm done, and then, <laughs> you know, lean against a wall for an hour and you're ready to go again. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a good point. But yeah, that's um, mainly why. Another reason, which I didn't mention, is uh, as a paladin, my I am severely lacking in range. And this has come up a yeah. few times in our campaign. And with picking up Warlock, I get to pick up two cantrips. Um, and one of them being Eldritch Blast. And that alone will solve my range problem. Uh, yes, the quintessential Warlock Blastum spell. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I, I'm looking forward to that because uh, fifth level, um, I'll get my second beam. I haven't used it at all yet in game. Um, I had a chance to, but when swiftly took out Sister Foam before I had a chance to. Um, but yeah, fifth level, I'll get a second beam, and then sixth level is when the whole alpha strike will come into play, and then I can dish out so much damage. Yeah, talk about that for a second. Let's hear. Let's hear your alpha strike. Okay, so the Alpha Strike essentially is just smite stacking. Um, I open up with, um, and it, this only works at third level uh, Warlock, so sixth level, pal- or sixth level total, third level Paladin, third level Warlock, because at third level Warlock, everything I cast will be at second level. Mm-hmm. So you open up with the bonus action of Searing Smite, which would do a 2d6 on a hit, uh, 2d6 fire damage. Um, Then you follow that up with the green flame blade, which adds a 1d6 or 1d8. 1d8. 
well, yeah, it's a 1d8 uh, fire damage as well on a melee attack, plus the melee damage from my sword. And then um, when everything hits, I Divine Smite, and then I will Eldritch Smite on top of that. And So essentially four smites plus your sword. Uh, three smites and a melee attack. And that will cost me um, three spell slots for one attack. And what's and what's your min average and max damage? Um, the min would be fifteen, I believe, and the max is seventy five. Jeez, <laughs> that's huge. <laughs> <laughs> that is ridiculous. Yeah. And that's not including any crits. Oh wow! Oh yeah, on a crit you're going to be ridiculous. Yep. So I'm I'm looking forward to sixth level when I can start alpha striking everything, and then just lean up against the wall like you said for an hour, and then just get right <laughs> back again. into it. Yeah. Uh, it also, uh, it, it, I mean, the the two classes you were considering, uh, both of them, their primary attribute is also charisma, like the paladin. So they, yes. you know, casting spells like that fits in with your, the way you've stacked your ability scores already. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's why I chose Warlock over Bard. Not to say Bard was any bad at all, but I, a, a, a reason why I strayed away from Bard is we already have Lars, who is a Bard. And I just feel like our bardic inspirations would conflict with one another. Like, oh, what bardic inspiration do I have? Do I have a Lars bardic inspiration or do I have a Tavane bardic inspiration? Because I would take a different college um, than him. I would have done like swords or valor or something. And that changes what a bardic inspiration could have done. So I feel like that would have been a little confusing at times. Like who has what bardic inspiration and what can do? Yeah, that's fair. So how about in character? In character, um I got with Teddy and it didn't really shine in game because it all happened in my head or in Tabane's head rather, but it we made it to where well he made it to where um Smiter of Nightmares became sentient because as you take first level warlock, you have to choose a patron. And I chose the Hexblade patron for Warlock. And all of that is about like sentient weapons and whatnot. So we made or he made Smiter of Nightmares sentient. He um made it talk to my head. And like I at, like when it first happened, I'm like, ooh, something's talking to my head. I don't know what's going on. I was stupid and didn't realize that it was my sword talking to me. Um uh, but yeah, so and and since then, like as you guys know, out of character, the sword has talked to me more. But in character, Tavane hasn't said a thing. I dropped a little hint um, in the fireside chat, but you know that's one thing I was gonna bring up in when everyone was gathered, as I was going to, you know, say like, "Hey, I think my sword is sentient or something," or like it's talking to me, and that's why I can do all this special cool stuff now. So it was more of the sword became its own, and then it in, would have influenced Tabane to become a warlock. And that's why we got the 
in-character reason. Well, that's fair. I mean, you could always bring it up during, uh, you know, dinner. Yeah, that's what my plan was. <laughs> it's a great opportunity to just yammer on about things, I guess. So spe- um, speaking of character building things, um, let's talk about Winifred's character building for a little bit. Um, hmm. You're deathly afraid of mimics. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, Mask has a phobia of mimics specifically, um, but really is is afraid of anything that has a semblance of life I guess I could say so like the um, um, uh, like when we rescued Steeljack Steeljack was an issue not so much because the so like Warforged are sentient but like um, how do I put it like the uh, in that encounter where um, mask screamed and ran away and you, you thought I was afflicted by uh, a fear effect from the scarecrows. Yeah. Um, not technically wrong. Um, that whole situation unfolded in such a perfect way for me <laughs> that, uh, like my first turn in that combat came immediately following the mimic running past me to go attack the scarecrows, but I was already going to run from the scarecrows. Oh, and for then- the same reason. Yeah, for the same reason. Ah. Um, and then the mimic showed up, and that was, I guess you could say, like the that was the cherry on top. That <laughs> like I was just thinking about how I think mimics would be particularly horrifying to to many changelings because, like, so we like changelings hide out of necessity and whatnot. Um, mimics hide to attract prey. So, so know, I didn't know if that was a char- scary. I didn't know if that was a character choice that that you built into your personality, or if I it was... was making the choice to be afraid of of things like that as it happened. I <laughs> uh, see. Okay. So the mimic went running fast, and I was like, "Oh, well, that's convenient. I guess you know, it was fate. Time to run." <laughs> um. But yeah, so things like scarecrows, um, I'd say like golems, not so much because they don't really like golems are just made to look vaguely humanoid, but they don't really have like a, a proper. They're not almost alive. My character's afraid of the uncanny valley. The uncanny valley. Yeah, um, it's a thing in art um where you make something look nearly human but not quite like you leave some things a little bit off and it makes makes you feel weird to look at um it's especially a thing in like animation uh, like 3d animation uh, things that look kind of human but aren't so again like going back to the scarecrows they like right up until we that combat started they were just dead bodies and then they weren't (laughs) i guess um 
I just didn't know yes. if you had rolled that like into your flaws when you made your character and then it finally came up in game or, but you you said that was basically a uh, spur of the moment. Yeah, it was a bit spur of the moment. Like I was thinking about, about things that like I, I think I would find pretty scary. I mean, like, I, I have a, a phobia of wasps, um, which, you know, uh, Uh, I was sort of, I guess, channeling into, into mask there, like, like whenever, whenever Boxy was brought up, that it's it's like when when I'm discussing wasps in like my biology class or something, it sends tingles up my spine. It's uh, it's tricky to, to not you know occasionally shudder. Um, but yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, it was spur of the moment, but um, like I, I'm a firm believer in a character's flaws or some of the mo- more important parts about them. Yeah, I buy and, that. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's one that I added to my my sheet that that day, I guess. Um, and yeah, it was just it came up because I was thinking the, the scarecrows, these things are pretty scary, and I mean they have a fear effect. And I can understand why they're a bit horrific. Isn't it funny how, um, you know, that sort of, uh, psychosomatic thing can have an actual physical effect on someone. Um, I have the, I have the same reaction. You're saying you're afraid of wasps. I am, yeah. I am not afraid of, but have a actual physical reaction to velour. Um, my, my wife has a velour blanket in her closet and I know it's there and I'm, I'm okay up until the point that I see it. And then I start to lose my breath. Just the, I mean, just talking about it right now, I'm kind of starting to, it's, uh, it's, (laughs) it's weird. Uh, I, I I can't explain it any other way than, I I mean, there's, I'm not even near it. So there is no physical property of it that causes this for me. It's all between my head, but it's very, very real. It's a very physical reaction. Yeah. So mask was just kind of avoiding the topic. Kind of like, like if, if I know there's uh, a wasp nest in a specific area, like uh, there every year for a few years now, wasps have, have tried to uh, like yellow jackets specifically have been trying to make a, a nest in the stone next to the pathway on uh, the way in and out through our front door of our condo building. And uh, I just avoid that entrance when they're there. <laughs> um, same sort of idea. Just, it just makes sense to me. Mask just like rather, rather than, you know, have issues being around everybody in there. It just, uh, you know, maybe, maybe stay in areas where uh, there's fewer pieces of furniture and uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> things like that. Um, yeah, my uh, my wife loves retelling the tale of uh, a parent-teacher conference that we went to for one of my daughters. And I sat down across from someone who I'd literally known for decades because I worked with her in a previous occupation. And... 
but she was one of my daughter's teachers and she was wearing a velour top and I had, I, I could not look at her. I was sitting there with my head in my hands trying not to look at her. It was, <laughs> and she never has never let me live that down. I, but I can't help it. I, if I notice it, then I yeah. have a reaction. So you just, it's, it's just a thing that you can't, can't deal with. So, uh, so yeah. All right. Your topic. I kind of obsessively research wasps <laughs> so that I know how to, you know, avoid them. Um, me next or? Yeah, uh, go ahead. Okay. Um, I'm rounding back to the, uh, what we were talking about there. Are there any, are there any other uh, cross-classing possibilities for, I mean, either of you really? Well, we kind of talked about that when we were going over Tabanay's multi-classing. But is Keelan going to multi-class? So I actually looked at, uh, for the, for the same reason for the, for the quick spells back, I looked at the same thing, but it doesn't work the same because my spells are wisdom based versus charisma based. And I don't even have a 13 charisma. So, um, yeah. that was, it was going to be tough for me to multi-class really the, the only thing that I could multi-class to is something that is either wisdom, constitution, or strength-based. And so... Yeah, fair enough. Uh, probably not. And I don't think it would necessarily be in Keelan's... Um, I, I don't think that... as I, I guess as a uh, person of faith, she might feel more like it was a betrayal of... Like if I had a, 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 a my patron and then also a, you know, took a warlock class and all of a sudden I'm beholding to another power as well. Yeah, like, that's fair. You know, kind of a conflict of interests. So, um, yeah, probably not. Uh, I imagine my, my current plan anyway is to play Keelan as a straight class cleric. Do either of you suspect any multi-classing might happen for others? Hmm. What do you think, That's a good question. Um, I know since I did a lot of researching for multiclassing with Tabane that I did, I did entertain the idea for multiclassing with my rogue in the other campaign that uh, Wind and I are in. Um, so looking at it from a rogue point of view, I didn't see anything that kind of like stood out as much um my rogue is an arcane trickster um so it's different than the rogue you have built winifred Mm -hmm. um but so i was thinking of like maybe i could do like a warlock or something or maybe like a wizard or something but i'm like nothing really stood out plus I, i i think i was wanting to just get the asi increases at the level we're at right now rather than go down a different class so from a rogue point of view, I don't see anything that stands out. Um, maybe, maybe Lars might multi-ca- uh, multi-class out of something. I wouldn't be too surprised on that one, but I don't think so. I feel like everyone's just going to stay on the straight and narrow, and I'm the only wild card that wants to multi-class. See, I was thinking maybe Prue might. I actually thought about Prue also. Into it's what? Like, uh, maybe fighter. 
Yeah. I don't um this this is also where my inexperience with D comes in is I don't know the classes well enough to be like, oh, like Paladin Warlock. That's a great combo for multiclassing and all this other stuff. Um like uh, so I don't know all the other classes all that well, so I my own experience I can't say too much as like, oh yeah, like a uh, Ranger Fighter is great as well or uh, uh I mean uh, actually on that note why not Paladin? Yep. For like Prue again as an example. Actually Paladin. Paladin. So I'm not thinking necessarily entirely from a mechanics standpoint. The the Paladin suggestion is more from like a maybe a bit of an RP standpoint because Prue is very you know um like by the book regimented and yeah yeah okay yeah so, that... I mean I could see maybe a paladin splash that was actually That's... for th- for the theme if nothing else yeah that was actually my um, if Prue were to multi class I that was actually my pick uh, over fighter I had thought about another strength based class like fighter but paladin made more sense between my ears just for what you're saying just for the mm-hmm. RP side of things. See, you guys are smart. You're thinking it RP-wise. I was thinking it too mechanically-wise. Not what, necessarily. And There's that, nothing wrong. So, like, mechanically-wise, everybody's Splash Fighter. Yeah. <laughs> Two levels of Fighter for everybody. Action surges all around. Um, and, and that was actually the only um, kind of consideration that um, I gave for Keelan was Straight Fighter as a, as a multi-class. Um, because I I did take fourteen strength uh, to start with, and at, you got to get that full plate. Yeah, so at at uh, fifth level when we get the uh, single point of ASI from uh, Teddy's house rules, that's going to a fifteen so that I can wear the full plate. I always forget that that thing and it messes me up every time because it makes things odd numbered yeah <laughs> i know that's the situation i'm at right now i'm like do i take do i like forego an asi and take a feat with a plus one so then when we do hit fifth or sixth level then i'll be back i'll like i'll make it odd to then make it even like i was thinking of maybe taking fey touched for um tabane and then giving it a plus one to charisma and then when we get that homebrew asi increase then i'll put that into charisma as well there by making it back to even just so I can utilize it. But I'm like, I don't, I don't know what's better. Like is fade touched better or is a plus straight to charisma better? See, there's some, there's some feats I would consider that like, you know, double my, uh, my proficiency bonus with specific skills and stuff like that. Um, But I already have that for some, like, because, you know, being a rogue, I get expertise, right? So mm-hmm. that would let me speed up the rate at which I can get the skills I want expertised, you know, expertised, but uh, I don't know. We'll see what I do there. But almost certainly a feat just to. Like and a feat that doesn't increase a stat by one, so that I don't yeah. <laughs> want to take my eyes out every time I look at my stats. 
even numbers are my friend. I actually, yeah. I actually hadn't, um, I actually hadn't gone far enough down that rabbit hole, uh, thinking that if I took a feat that increased a stat by one with my fourth level, that at fifth level I could put the oh yeah the game point on it and have it increased by two. I had I hadn't put that part of it together because I I was so intent on uh, making sure that I could wear full plate. <laughs> um, it didn't uh, it didn't wasn't an inconvenience to have the extra point, and it won't be anyway because. When oh, the no, second extra point rolls around, it makes it a 16, and that just makes it even better. So, um, but yeah, that's an interesting twist. If you could find a feat that you wanted that uh, that actually offered a point in a score you were interested in having. Hey, this much, there's not a lot of feats that offer a plus one charisma. All right. Um, yeah, so I, uh, as far as Lars, I will, I, I hope he doesn't multi-class because I'm having, Oh, I don't think you will. I'm having so much fun with him playing a bard. Um, I think that, I think he does uh really great in, in game moments. Uh, you know, bardic inspiration is a wink and that kind of thing. It's, it's priceless i love that stuff <laughs> so i uh i don't think uh he's he's gonna he's gonna flex it all if he does he might go to like sorcerer or something but i think we uh we can look forward to lars being here <laughs> and flexing <laughs> just not that way <laughs> Uh, uh, okay. Um, all right, cat topic. Um, okay. Um, so going, circling back to, um, Porsche's dungeon basement. Um, there was a pretty big moment for you, Winifred, that you, after a huge fight with the Mauser, um, finished up, you confessed that to the party that you were a changeling um i just wanted to know like uh, why was that the turning point or what was the turning point that made you decide to confess that well um it all starts with our level two level up and my hp roll of a one which made it so that all through level two, Mask was always <laughs> one hit away from death pretty well. Um, but I guess what what really pushed that little character plot point uh, was how deadly that fight was because was that the Mouther fight? Yeah, that was the Mouther fight. Yeah, that was huge. So we lost a lot <laughs> of HP. And I mean, by the end of it, most of us were looking pretty okay. HP wise, but there was enough damage going out. Like, um, uh, 
that things were just kind of bad all around. Uh, I mean, like I stepped in to attack the Mouther, rolled a one, got attacked back as a bonus action, and then almost straight murdered. <laughs> it dealt enough damage that I was like two points of damage shy of just dying from from like the massive impact. Um, so there was that. Uh, on top of that, uh, there's, I mean, as I've, I've kind of mentioned before in, uh, like the in character chat and everything, the, our, our party has been really welcoming and really nice towards, um, I mean, people that, you know, like you might consider marginalized. Uh, and I mean, our party is also made up of a bunch of, um, uh, like like races that in the lore of the world are marginalized to some extent or another. Uh, so I guess that helped Mask feel comfortable. And then, yeah, the near-death experience where like, I could have been dead at any moment and <laughs> three other party members almost all died in that combat. Uh, that was definitely the... Uh, I guess the the final bit that uh, just pushed Mask to want to get that off their chest in case, you know, we stepped around a corner and Mask just bit the bullet. Winifred really is a glass cannon. Um, yeah. He deals so much damage. Just no hit points. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't take a hit from myself. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about putting in that terms, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if Winifred ever, you know, gets attacked by another character kind of like Winifred, um, you can just expect them to just disappear. <laughs> They're just gone. Immediate knockout. Although at this level, are any of us immune from... Um, uh, good shot from Winifred. Uh, I don't know. I think I cap out around, um, let me double check. I think I cap out at like, uh, yeah, I cap out at 24 damage. Okay. So Keelan could take one shot. I, uh, if I roll max damage, I have two points of overkill on myself. Because I only have I only have twenty two max HP. Hmm. Well, interesting. Hopefully, the temporary hit points from Tavani has been going a long way for everyone. Oh, those oh. temporary hit points are yeah. the only reason that I'm, uh, I guess, as confident in the, <laughs> the fights as I am. Though, I mean, when Mask is adopting the guise of Winifred, they're always going to be confident in a fight right up until they're you know unconscious and dead yeah. yeah so um things are going to get a little better when the party hits fifth level um because at that point i think is when keelan's going to start distributing the aid spell also 
Uh, right now it's only a, it's only five points and I think I would rather have the extra spiritual weapon, but Mm -hmm. I can, I can grant up to three characters for eight hours, five HP at second level, 10 at third, 15 at fourth and so on. So at, um, at third level, when I start to get third level spells, that's an extra 10 HP for, uh, three of the characters. So, um, I would say, uh, you, because you have the lowest HP and then, <laughs> um, probably Tabane and myself for being on the front line. Uh, don't know how it'll fall out yet. Or, you know, on, uh, on long adventures, um, you know, maybe having an extra, um, spirit guardians would be better than the HP also don't know how it'll fall out, but, um, I think I could always, you know, be more careful. (laughs) Well, yeah, but I mean, how careful were we in that Chimera fight? And you and I both went down. I wasn't even in that fight until the very end. Right. Strictly speaking. Uh, Oh, oh, uh, there's that. Speaking of that, uh, I think we got one past Teddy unless Lars has uh, an ability that I'm not thinking about right now. Because he cast Cure Wounds on you, right? And then Healing Word mm-hmm. on me? Mm-hmm. I don't think you can do that. Healing Word's a bonus action. Yes, but it, they're both first-level yeah, spells. Yeah, they're both uh, leveled spells. Yep. So you can, oh. you can cast a leveled spell and a so, cantrip. Um, so Teddy let it happen. Yeah, that's, um, <laughs> that was great, though. It, it happens. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's going to get um, missed once in a while, so. I'm not complaining. Yeah, no, I mean... <laughs> I got know. back up. <laughs> I wasn't even there. <laughs> yeah, that was... Um, boy, I tell you what. That, um, that thing could dish out some damage. Yeah, I, I bet. <laughs> it, took, it took my uh, temp HP at the door with a claw attack, and then one breath. I had full HP, just no temp HP, and I went down. That was, that was pretty rough. All right. Um, whose topic? Mine? Yeah. Cheers. Okay. So, uh, before we came on, um, Winifred, you were asking about Keelan's obsession with fire. Yeah. Okay. So here's the whole story. I don't, I don't know that uh, I went into as much detail. I thought I mentioned it in a podcast, but uh, if not, probably did, and I just have partially forgotten it. So the um, the order of the or Church of the Silver Flame is, mm-hmm. I guess, my de facto religion. Um, I I don't know the pantheon of deities well for this world. So there's a lot of them. Yeah. So <laughs> um, I I guess that's as good as any. Um, and when Teddy mentioned that one, uh, I decided that my, um, you know, like my toll the dead bell was a silver bell and that sort of thing. So, um, which, uh, also my, <laughs> have you been, uh, hearing the, the, uh, toll the dead reports? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I look forward to them every time. <laughs> Um, that is a source of much amusement between Kat and I. So, um, anyway, um, 
So while that, while I made that to kind of make it fit into the religion, it actually having the silver flame, you know, be a cleansing fire, uh, actually does fit in with the backstory that I wrote for Keelan. And that is that she was raised by her parents they owned a pawn shop and, um, the pawn shop was burned, um, and her parents died in the fire and she came out without a scratch and, uh, was taken in by a, uh, priestess named Hannah and then raised since the age of eight in, um, in the church. So, uh, Hannah took the, uh, the fact that Keelan had not been burned as a sign. And that's why she brought, uh, Keelan back to the church to raise her. So, um, she has traumatic history with fire, killing her parents and also not being burned alive. So, um, yeah, anytime that, um, situations come up where fire is a plausible solution, I'm likely to bring it up. So that's really the whole the whole backstory. Okay, I do remember the mention of the pawn shop and the fire. Now that you mention it, okay. So yeah, she she wanted to make a wall of fire for uh, the rats on her first dungeon <laughs> crawl, and she wanted to burn the scarecrows down in the pit. And yeah, it's anytime and, <laughs> the alchemist fire yep. has been stashed away from Keelan. <laughs> Um, because, uh, she'll use it. Um, you know, she's, um, she believes in the cleansing power of, of fire. So that, that'll probably come up more and more often. And honestly, as a, um, as a player, you would probably never catch me actually taking the spell flame strike once I am able to cast it. However, I think it's going to be a staple for Keelan. I mean, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's. I think there's better spells to uh, spend your um, preparation slots on, but um, I I think that that definitely fits with her demeanor. So that'll probably be uh, one that's set in stone for me. Um, didn't you? You had another question, didn't you, about Keelan that I was going to answer for you? Um, I mean, there. You sort of answered both the ones I can think of right now. If if I had another, I've forgotten it for now. That's fine. I'm um, sorry. Nope. Go ahead. Um, okay, uh, we are uh, about fifty eight minutes in. You guys want to do one more round? Yeah. Sure. All right. Go ahead. A couple of quick ones. Um. Why don't we end off with the party power level discussion and I'll go with, uh, how about them storm Lords, eh? Oi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so <laughs> which ones do you like? Which ones do you like to hate? And which ones do you just want to get away from? Uh, so, uh, the one that was trying to bribe us, uh, tell me the name Jonas again. Wilkes. Wilkes. Yeah. Uh, I actually have a more positive opinion of him than I do of, uh, Yorick. 
fair. Uh, absolutely, Keelan as a as a character absolutely cannot stand York. And we made, we made deals with York, and he's gone back on. Them. And he's gone back on them. That's the that's the whole deal. Um, mm-hmm. So the um, if if she has her way, um, she won't deal with him again. However, um, that's not going to be placed above, you know, the go to the party. If the party says that this is the direction they want to go, you know, if we're voting on it, my vote will probably be no. But if the party says, yep, we're going to do the job, then I'll shut my mouth and do the job. Yeah, fair enough. What about you, Cat? I mean... Which one do you hate? <laughs> we all know who my favorite is. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I've made that quite clear which one's my favorite. Um, not so much in-game, but out-of-game, I've made it very much clear. Uh, I don't know if I have a least favorite. Um, I guess if you had to make me choose, I'd say Yorick. But... That's, I mean, I would say like Yorick and maybe Curacao Chandra is the tie between the two of them, mainly because she's all sketchy. Yeah, there is that. How about you? Which, um, which is your least in? I don't like any of the Storm Lords. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I don't want anything to do with them. Mask especially does not want anything to do with them. Um, as like uh, like the you know Winifred's pointed out in character, when you deal with people of that level of power, they're the only ones that benefit. Um, it's it's nonsense. Like like with York, York's prime example. We made a deal with York. He's gone back on two out of three of the the terms of the deal and would have been three out of three if it hadn't been for the intervention of yeah um, yeah of the captain yeah yep um i think they're all bad news and i mean they are also all you know pirates and whatnot uh but yeah um if if mask or Winifred can avoid it, they will avoid dealing with all of them. I would much, I I'm happy to deal with their underlings. That's fine. I don't want to deal with them directly. Pretty much ever. I'm happy to work for, for like the captain, but the captain doesn't even like really directly report to York, right? They're, they're bound by the, uh, by being a member of the Stormwatch and Yorick owns them, but you know, um, it's like a city charter. Uh, yeah, they're they they seem to be more about, or at least the the captain is like more focused on, you know, the law is written and like the spirit of the law. Not uh, well, Yorick signs my checks, so I'm just gonna do what he says. Um, so like, I'm happy to work for. Uh, Captain Trowleth. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree. I don't really want anything to do with York. Uh, I don't want anything to do with Wilkes. I don't want, I don't want to deal with, uh, uh, Lars's himbo buddy. 
Um, oh, the one that came and sat in the hot tub with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want anything to do with any of them. Well, um, that, like I said, that's if fair I was enough. to like choose, I guess a favorite. Uh, we have had the least interaction with the one cat likes, so probably that one too. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Lady Palo for the win! Yeah, I uh that's that's the one that has spent the least amount of time around mask and as such yeah uh that said mask has been collecting information on all of them so there is that uh so uh quick question was uh amaran the storm lord that um was helped me get the mithril steel yes yep. okay i'm changing my vote then <laughs> uh, yeah i like her better than wilkes <laughs> hey let's yeah, go Palomarin is easily the best. Hands down. I will die on this hill. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely a hill to die on. In game and out of game, I will die on this hill. <laughs> Look, I think of all the Storm Lords, my favorite is Gorko. <laughs> <laughs> um, the secret Storm Lord. Anyway. Uh, um, so I, while while I while I don't care for um, Wilkes's personality slash methods, what the the prop I have to give him is that he was straightforward. Here's money. You go do what I want you to do. This is what I want you to do, and this is what I want you to not do. And at that point, I can at least make a decision and say. Yeah. Yes, yes or no, because I'm being given full information, and I don't feel like I've been given that courtesy from any of the others. But Yeah, you know where you stand with Wilkes. Yeah. He will pay you lots of money to keep your mouth shut and do what he asks you to do. Yep. So, okay, Kat, last topic? Um, You don't have any more questions for Keelan, but what about Tabney? You had the multi-classing one, but is there anything else you want to know? Mm-hmm. Not off the top of my head right now. I think I think it was mostly about the the multi-classing stuff. Uh it was all very interesting. I'm looking forward to uh you know the discussion about the you know your your sword being sentient and such. Yeah. I mean that's pretty much all the biggest thing that's happened thus far for Tavane is just a multi-classing. I mean, that's that's pretty big. Keelan's going to be a bit concerned. Yeah. Just I so mean, you're fair. aware. I mean, because... You know, that's fair, but from the information I've been told, out of character, I think you'll be fine. Right, and I'm going to be probably less concerned uh, knowing... Uh, well, I, I guess in... Uh, if this were a second edition game, I would be less concerned because you're a paladin and, and therefore know your alignment. I guess I don't really know your alignment in this, um, in fifth edition. Um, but, um, but you can trust Tabane to stick to the tenets. Yeah. So that's what, I, that's why I think that I'm going to have less of a problem with it, but it's still concerning when, you know, a, uh, yeah, force a like deal. this, um, just shows up I'm and starts saying. talking into one of the party members' heads. So, uh, is this something that 
we need to <laughs> visit a remove curse on or um <laughs> Tabernay, blink twice if you're being <laughs> held <laughs> against your will by the sword. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all I'll say is um the name is kind of misleading. Which Smiter of Nightmares? Yeah. Is it that misleading? I don't know. Take that how you will. It was misleading for me. I so I actually thought it was fairly spot on because yeah. it, it does extra damage it hates against the quarry or whatever there. Yeah, the the ones that can like mind flayers and things that can control your your mind. Uh, I think that's not necessarily dreams, but I mean, or nightmares, but. I mean, okay, yeah. I guess fair on the the idea of it being dreams, but yeah, it was. I don't know. I, I thought it was close enough. Anyway, well, Smiter of waking to... nightmares. Then how about that? <laughs> we'll just have to find out in the next session. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Now you're putting pressure on me. <laughs> no, 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 no pressure. <laughs> Um, so, um, so do we want to finish out, you said with the, uh, just chat about, uh, fourth level and our current power levels and where we think we fall. Uh, we were working with a scale of like one to 10, right? Yeah. The jello apocalypse. (laughs) Um, so, um, yeah, so why don't we why don't we talk about where we think we are in relation to, um, you know, just a overall view of our power levels. Um, so how let's 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 talk uh, the the elephant in the room, which is damage dealing first. Um, mm-hmm. Where 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 do you sit on this cat? Ten scale. Uh-huh. Where are we on damage dealing? Uh, I think we're fucking fantastic, dude. Um, we're doing like a solid nine. I think we're, we're really good. And, um, as, as my alpha strike implied, it's only going to get better for me. Um, sneak attack's only going to get better. I know Ranger gets an extra attack. So Prue's ranged attacks are only going to get better. Um, uh, I'm don't know about um artificer or bard all that well but i can only assume they just get more spells which is more better so i think we're sitting solidly at a nine and spirit guardians is going to be a decent aoe spirit guardians is huge yeah so it's not going to do the the uh top end damage that uh some of the other characters are able to dish out but no, it's go- but it's to everything in that radius. Yeah, and it'll create difficult terrain, and it'll be every round. Well, not I mean, as long as they're in the radius. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So uh, I'm in agreement. Right now, I think that we're dishing out damage at a nine, so long as our dice are okay. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, always that caveat, but that's that's always going to be the case. So. Uh, so what do you think, Winifred? Um, I think, uh, so I, I got to kind of divide it into like, I guess, uh, versus a horde and like versus, uh, you know, 
one enemy. Um, the fewer the targets we have to fight, the stronger we are with this party, I will say. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Like, uh, I think our only flaw in the damage dealing department is we don't have a lot. I mean, outside of, you know, um, spirit guardians, we don't have a lot of ways to deal with a lot of smaller enemies. Uh, but I, th- I think I agree with the assessment of sitting at about like a nine. Um, but again, against like say one big bad, I think that that hits into a 10 easily. We've got a lot of, uh, I mean, alpha strike potential, I guess you could say. (laughs) And quite honestly, I, uh, Keelan is the piece of this puzzle that makes me almost call it an eight because I think I am lagging far behind the rest of you in damage potential right now. I think I'll make some of it up when I hit fifth level. I think it's all up to you and Porsche for the most part for dealing with uh, groups that and uh, you know, mixing in some crowd control out of Lars. Cause he seems to be going that sort of a route with his spells. But um, you know, most of the party's doing really killer damage and that's um, it's far above where I thought it would be at this point. So, yeah, we got some big numbers. Uh, Prue has stepped it up. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, her range attacks That was a brutal. big deal, hitting level three for Prue. All right, so how about defense? Uh, start us off, Winifred. <laughs> I am the weakest link. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, defense? I don't know. I think probably I'd still say we're upwards around a seven or eight. Um, I lean a little more towards the seven on account of Portia, Lars, uh, Winifred, and whatnot being definitely on the squishier side of things, but, uh, Keelan's AOE, or sorry, uh, Tabane's AOE taunt and Keelan's just, you know, being there has, uh, has a lot to say. Um, I mean, you mentioned the fight with the Mecha Chimera, um, where it sort of ate you. So, um, yeah, I think I'd lean a little more towards the seven. I don't think we're, we're super tanky. We're definitely okay, but I wouldn't say we're fantastic in that regard. What about you, Cap? I I would agree. Um, I think we got a couple tricks up our sleeves. Uh, I know um, Lars has silvery barbs. I know in our other 5th edition campaign, that has come in clutch a lot of times. Uh, I recently acquired shield, so that's going to be good. I know you have shield as well. Um so I think Me? we got a couple tricks up our sleeves. The cutting cutting words, was it? Is that what Lars uses? Yeah, it's cutting words that he uses yeah. to uh, reduce their attack rolls and such. Yep, so they're cutting words out of Lars. So I we have defensive capabilities, I agree, but it's, it's mostly spell-dependent and reaction-based and... I, I I do agree. Like the temporary hit points are great, but they only go so far. Um, so 
I I just think yeah we're um and especially with me being a full plate or not full plate chainmail and heavy armor like I got pushed off the boat like turn one when we did the torture turtle torture turtle and I'm like oh well, great I'm certainly drowning for sure so um, <laughs> yeah I I I don't think we're all that great defensively so I would agree with the seven. Uh, were you saying that I had shield spell? Am I getting my Keelans confused? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, so I have a shield, <laughs> not shield spell. Okay. So you don't No, I'm getting your other Keelan confused. But, okay. but regardless, um, I, I'm actually going to say that defensively we're, uh, I mean, I could, I could be persuaded for a seven. I'm going to say a six. Um, even though, uh, Tabne and Keelan are, uh, fairly good armor classes, it seems like that we're getting hit fairly regularly and everyone else is, a lot of hit points are getting chewed up in, in just about every fight we get into. Now we have the healing to take care of it, but that doesn't, um, I mean, that's, that's kind of, uh, that's more miscellaneous, uh, or support than it is, um, you know, being tanky. So, um, I'm going to say it's actually a mm. six. Um, yeah, fair enough. Because we're, we're just, we're just taking a lot of damage overall as a party in a lot of the conflicts that we're getting into. I was thinking about the healing as potential hit points, but, uh, Oh, sure. Um, and yeah, no, I guess enough. if, um, categorizing it as support as, uh, if we're, but if we yeah. do, if, if we did, I would say then a seven because, uh, and, and then I might even be talked into an eight because almost all of us have healing of some kind or another. Um, but yeah, at least a seven, if we're counting healing, I would say six, if we're not. Assuming we make it to 13th level, I'm really looking forward to being able to make use of, uh, one of my subclass abilities. My next one's not so great, Aww. but the level 13 one is, is pretty amusing. What's that? Um, if... Or when I'm targeted by an attack, while a creature within five feet of me is granting me cover against that attack, so at, like other creatures, you know, that are the same size as you or or larger, grant you partial cover, right? Um, if if somebody is giving me cover against an attack, I can use my reaction to change the target of the attack to the creature giving me cover. Oh so wow! If, you know, a spellcaster is shooting. I don't. Know, We'll just use like a, a scorching ray or something as an example. And I'm standing on the opposite side of any enemy from them. Um, I can change the target to that enemy just straight up. That's pretty good. Um, and that'll help a lot. Like uh, I need to just, I need to not, not get attacked. That's, <laughs> that's my goal with some of my stuff. All right, so I'll start for support. Um, I'm I'm giving us a solid eight on that as well. Um, I, maybe a nine. Um, I think that we've got so many of the uh, so many of the characters in the party have the capability to heal. Uh, we're getting temporary hit points from Tabane. We're um, 
there's just there's an awful lot of uh, abilities like that um so yeah i'm i'm gonna say that for support that uh we're very strong in that what do you think cat uh i would agree uh as long as i'm not divine smiting because <laughs> my i foresee a lot of my spells going to divine smite rather than like shield or, sure absolutely uh, but you can still lay on hands even right yeah and, and you can't use that up with a divine smite yeah so, so i mean if i'm not divine smiting yeah i got a lot of utility that i can use um but if I, I foresee myself divine smiting more often than not. So that will eat up like uh, the torture turtle fight. Like I had four spell slots. I think they were gone by like turn three, all of them. And that's only going to get worse. <laughs> yeah. It's just insane <laughs> how much I'm divine smiting. And I didn't think I'd see myself doing that so much, but I mean, that is also, I, I mean, I guess you could categorize that as a s- support. Um, because it's extra damage. Um, but yeah, with the Bardic Inspirations and um, Winifred, you've been slinging out uh, the Mastermind hmm. or Master of Tacticians. Master or... of Tactics. Yeah, that giving us advantage, that's huge. Yeah, advantage is so good. <laughs> so. Yeah, so I, I would agree with an eight. And yeah, what do you I think? think uh... I think I come in agreeing with that eight as well. Like, I, like you were saying, I could be persuaded up to a nine potentially. I mean, like we've got the Bardic Inspiration, we've got uh, Master of Tactics slinging out advantage, we've got uh, bloody five out of six characters are capable of healing. Um, you know whether the you know cure wounds or healing word is prepared is a whole nother story, but it's a possibility we've we've got so much going on there's a lot of support yeah Um, it's it's occasionally a bit tricky on a turn like with my master of tactics to pick a target because so many of us want to use our actions to help another character out so yeah uh, we might be a little overloaded <laughs> on the support a little bit there. All right. Well, any uh, final topics that we want to cover before we call it a podcast? No, I got nothing. Oh, I do have, I guess, one last little question. I yeah, suppose. sure. Um, what about uh, the... Uh, I guess the the detailed report filing um, seemed seemed super out of place. I guess. Oh yeah, so it 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 just seemed out of place to me because Winifred always seems like he wants to be in the background and kind of going under the radar, and this was very forward. Here here is an official report and. Um, it, it just, it, I, I don't, I don't know that it was out of character because we haven't seen, you know, uh, a lot of this type of interaction before. It just seemed that instead of trying to stay unnoticed, it was very front and center. 
Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I suppose, like, so how um, I get the the logic there in like revealing um, the whole uh, inquisitive license and, and nonsense for uh, the captain there. Uh, it was, I mean, on one part, a bit of an act, um, but primarily, I guess you could say, it was to, I guess, cover our butts. I wanted yeah, to make sure that we we didn't get caught by by leaving something out with who we were dealing with there. Yeah, that all makes sense. I just um, and and I I don't know if uh, if like Prue's been like filling out reports and whatnot. I feel like paperwork's very important <laughs> for these sure. lawkeeping organizations. I guess I guess it wouldn't even have made me blink had you written that up and given it to Prue to hand in. Yeah, no fair. Um, but, uh, just it, it it just seemed odd to me that um, you took you took center stage when um, that was not what I'd seen from Mask slash Winifred before. Um, yeah, I was, I think like I was um offering it I guess like you said like kind of taking the the spotlight on it because I like, I think Prue is I, I don't know, maybe a bit uncomfortable being technically outside of their jurisdiction because they are a Sharn watch person. And they they've been wanting to like they they appear to be wanting to deal with the Stormwatch and whatnot, but I don't know. We we'd have to talk with Prue more about that, I guess. We gotta pick Prue's brain. Yeah. Maybe over dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's a good idea. Um Well, anything else we need to cover? I don't think so. All right. Well, um, I want to thank you for coming on again. Um, it's always good to have you. Uh, anytime you feel like you got something to talk about, uh, let us know. We'll make some time. Absolutely. Um, so it was a lot of fun. Uh, I kind of enjoy the impromptu stuff that I don't have to be guided by what we just did in the last session all the time. But, uh, Kat, as always, thank you for carving out your time as well. All right, uh, guys, we will see you at the very least next week, if not at dinner in the in-character chat beforehand. Everybody take care.